0: Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series. I am Amy Zellmer, founder of FacesOftbi.com and your host. Today I will be talking with Pro BMX writer and brain tumor survivor Josh Perry. This episode is brought to you by the Functional Neurology Center formerly MFNC, a Minneapolis-based clinic staffed by a caring and progressive team of functional neurologists who are leaders in neural recovery and experienced in treating complex cases with dysautonomia, vertigo, dizziness, whiplash, and migraines. They are the concussion doctors you can trust for comprehensive brain health in the Midwest. They have greatly helped me and many others. You can find them online at the functionalneurologycenter.com. Hello, everyone. I am Amy Zellmer, and you are listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury, one podcast at a time. Those of you who don't know who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February of 2014. I'm a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, Thrive Global and the Goodman Project and I volunteer on the Brain Injury Association of America's Advisory Council and my second book Embracing the Journey Moving Forward After Brain Injury recently received a silver medal in the Midwest Book Awards. You can learn more about me and the podcast at facesoftbi.com and be sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zalmer. And don't forget to join my Facebook group, Amy's TBI Tribe, to connect with other survivors, caregivers, and loved ones. Today, my guest is Josh Perry. And today, Josh Perry is a happy, healthy 30-year-old man with his whole life ahead of him. Nine years ago, shortly after achieving a lifelong goal of becoming a professional BMX athlete, he received his first brain tumor diagnosis. As one of a handful of people to have survived three separate brain tumors, Josh Josh believes it is his mission to help educate people with brain tumors about their options. He founded the Josh Perry Foundation as his way of giving back to those with brain tumors, brain injuries, and other brain disorders. Nearly 78,000 new cases of primary brain tumors were diagnosed last year, and nearly 700,000 people in the U.S. alone are living with primary brain and central nervous system tumors. Josh's goal is to share his story and the importance of prioritizing health and well-being to live a long, full life. So, welcome to the podcast, Josh. I'm so happy to have you here today.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you. Thanks for the opportunity to come on and chat and share my uh, story with everyone.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited. I am. Um, Took some of your bio out I didn't want to give away your whole story In the the introduction (laughs) So um, Josh why don't we start By you sharing um, You know you've survived Three separate brain tumors now But why don't we go back To that first diagnosis And what led you To know something was wrong What was happening that made you think Hmm something's not right here
1: Sure and uh, to be clear That First diagnosis was March of 2010. And it was about three years after I left home in Massachusetts to move to North Carolina to pursue the dream of becoming a professional athlete, which I did so. And fast forwarding three years to that diagnosis, it was just a normal day training. And I was trying a new trick into our foam pit, which is um, we kind of like borrow that technology from gymnastics, but we built a jump and it's like a long rectangle. That's about six feet tall, full of foam blocks. You can safely practice tricks. And I had done a new trick in there uh, about 10 times and felt really confident and wanted to do it on the ramp before I left for the contest. And I over-rotated the the flip and the spin of the trick and then hit my head and got a concussion. And I had to get an MRI. Now, a year prior to that uh, fall, which led to the MRI, I'd been asking for an MRI, CAT scan, X-ray, something to look at my brain because, I'd gone into the doctor's office multiple times that year, uh, these debilitating headaches and migraines to the point where I was losing my vision. I would vomit, things like that. And they kept denying me a scan saying you wow. know, you're, I was 20 to 21 during that time. So like you're young, you know, you're a professional athlete. Uh, it's really common to have headaches, you know, you're, you're normal. So here's some pain meds come back to me more. So it took that crash to really get an image of my brain where they accidentally found an eight centimeter long by four centimeter wide and deep brain tumor taking over the good portion of the left side of my brain. Wow.
0: Wow. And now, can you explain for us that don't understand sizes, how big was that tumor? Like, what could you compare that to? A pea, a golf ball?
1: It looked like if you if you've seen the images of the MRI on my Instagram, it looked like a weird, funky sweet potato. It was um, <laughs> it, it it took a good it took up a good portion of the left wow. side of my brain, like lengthwise and width, and it was seventy five staples and sixteen stitches um, wow. to to get in there.
0: Wow! So it was pretty big, pretty substantial. Yeah, wow. it was,
1: yeah, it was pretty big.
0: <laughs> so now this is 2010. Um, now once you got that diagnosis, I mean, you have, you had a suspicion, clearly something in your intuition had been telling you something was wrong. Um, and the doctors were just denying you. I mean, even a simple CT scan would have shown it, you know, um, it's gotta be incredibly frustrating when you're on the other side of it. Like, see, I told you something was wrong. Um, and I tell people all the time, trust that intuition, you know? When you know something's not quite right, you just really have to listen to what your body is telling you. And unfortunately so many doctors, oh, you're fine. You know, you're healthy. You're 20. You're, you're an athlete. You're fine. Um, you know, and, and we've been led to blindly believe our doctors, right? So, okay. They must know what's best. So, you know, what, what advice do you have for anyone listening? Um, you know, that, that has that intuition going on about their body.
1: Yeah. So the biggest thing I learned is your doctor isn't a dictator. They're just a team member and you can fire them. You pay for health insurance. (laughs) You pay for your visits with them. So if they're not willing to work with you, like they're not end all be all. That's what my mentality was, was, Oh, they're a doctor. They must know my health better than I know myself. And if you truly, truly down to your core, believe there's something wrong that your doctor isn't working with you on, then get another opinion. Um, But that's, uh, that's also why I do what I do is because I'd rather people blame me for why they're, you know, getting things double checked or triple checked when their doctors maybe saying you're fine, because in my case, that you're fine almost killed me, it took literally Uh a crash on my bike to find out the root cause, which was nothing close to being fine, I almost lost my life because of it, so. Yeah, that's what I tell people today. It's like if you truly think there's something wrong, you're not just being, uh, you know, a worry freak or, like, create more stress than you need. Like, if you truly think there's something wrong, like, you feel it, then get a second opinion, you know. And if your doctor is not willing to work with you, you can fire them. Like, that, there's plenty of doctors out there that will work with you.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you're, you you really you hit the nail on the head. You know, the doctor must know my health better than me. And, you know, that goes back to what I said. We've been led – to blindly trust our doctors. And, you know, when I first started this journey, I, I listened, you know, like, oh, we just need to give it more time, just more time. There's nothing we can do. We just need to give it more time. Well, okay. They must know best. Right. And then, you know, two years of that, <laughs> it's like, okay, wait, we need to do something here. Like this isn't acceptable. Um, and so you're right. You, you have that right to fire your doctor you you have a right to a second opinion or a third or fourth you know um you you do you start to kind of feel like you're a little bit crazy so i i totally totally relate to that so that this first tumor um was it cancerous or benign
1: so they said it's benign uh all of them which is great news but Mm -hmm. As um, you're aware of, they came back two different times over the last nine years. So, um, yeah, (laughs) they think it's a genetic disorder um, that's creating them. So the second and third diagnosis over the last few years, it led me to putting two and two together, my understanding of epigenetics, which is the expression of our genes, which we're now learning 70% of our genes can be influenced. And then finding the ketogenic diet and exogenous ketones and how profoundly Um, they work to kind of like act as a switch for these genetic uh, changes. And so when they said, you know, we think it's a genetic disorder, it's not cancerous, either way, I was like, well, I know ketones and the ketogenic diet and lifestyle have profound effects in this area, so let's put it to the test. And it's been two years now since my third diagnosis where we didn't do any treatment, any meds, or any surgery. I literally just worked on my mindset and then cleaned up, even more so than what I've already done over the last six years, cleaned up my diet a little bit more to get in that state of ketosis and add exogenous ketones. And then when we're talking about TBI, that's a huge, huge area of research uh-huh. The ketogenic diet is is TBI and how, not to get too into it, but what really led me to becoming passionate even more beyond the brain tumors was past concussions I've had and how the brain can become tempor- temporarily Uh, Glucose impaired, meaning it can't use the glucose in our system for those cells in the brain, but ketones can bypass that part of the Krebs cycle and help uh, the mitochondria produce energy in those cells and bring them back to life almost. And um, not almost, but like um, just, I guess, a better way of saying it. Um, And so it's really interesting looking at that and applying it, but then seeing like my good friend Dr. Ryan Lowry, the research they're doing with anyone from Parkinson's patients to like myself as BMX athlete to NFL uh, and seeing the dramatic shifts with the ketogenic diet and or exogenous ketones.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, I can't remember if it was the eighties or nineties, somewhere in there. And there was this craze of non-fat, low fat, you know, don't eat fat. Right. And that was terrible for us. (laughs) And it's so hard for some people to shift their mindsets back, right? Because you were just like hammered over the head with that for so many years, like a whole decade, right? Um, Even doctors don't eat fat, don't eat fat. Um, And now we're finding, you know, with the ketogenic diet, you know, our brain needs fat, Um, you know.
1: It's mostly fat
0: <laughs> Exactly, that's what I was trying to formulate But I couldn't come up with it, thank you. Um, you You know, our brain is made up of water and fat And, you know, we need the good fats um, You know, avocados, nuts um, Help me out here, Josh
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, olive oil, grass-fed butter <laughs> yes, You know, fatty yes. cuts and grass-fed meat You know, <laughs> olive, yes, yeah, there's, there's plenty of them
0: Yes, yes And, and, you know, um, cutting out the wheat, the gluten, um, the sugars, the sugar is a big part of keto, right? The cutting out um, the artificial sugar, the, I'm saying it wrong. Um,
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's all encompassing. So to get into a state of ketosis, you have to do a bunch of technical things. That sounds complicated, but in the day, that's why I do what I do to help. Support people because it. I just feel it to make it easy. But yeah, you want to cut out in the beginning. You want to cut out starches and sugars, whether that's processed, that's grains, that's potatoes, it's alcohol, it's energy drinks, it's organic juice. Doesn't matter. Whatever raises your glucose levels uh, abundantly and chronically, meaning long term. Whatever you can do to reverse that and bring that down. Um, it's the base of Dr. Perlmutter's work in Grain Brain that led me on this journey about six, seven years ago. It's what you can do to chronically lower glucose levels is going to have a profound effect on your brain overall health. And then getting into a state of ketosis, burning fat for fuel, that's going to bring it to the next notch. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, it's, it's just really, it's eating whole food, like real food, like nothing that's like processed or minimally processed yeah. um, and then cutting out the starches and sugars. And as you adapt to burning fat, which can take up to six months for individuals, to ten. Then you can start incorporating things um, of the starch variety, like sweet potatoes or berries or things like that, and just see how it is. But, um But, yeah, it's really simple at the beginning. Just raise the fats, lower the carbs, with, whether that's, you know, whole food-based or processed, definitely process, and then just see how you adapt. Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, that's a great point about the processed foods um you know it's really in today's society it's so hard to get away from processed foods right especially when that's been your lifestyle and those processed foods are so inflammatory and when you really think about okay so i'm putting an inflammatory food into my body what's that maybe doing to my brain right and when you've had a brain injury your brain's already inflamed so now you're giving it more inflammatory foods so um, yep. you know, just really switching up that diet can have a really profound effect on your recovery. And, you know, um, Josh, what is your Instagram handle? Is it Josh Perry BMX?
1: Yep. Yep. All my social media and my websites, all just Josh Perry BMX. Keto streamlined.
0: And you, you share just tons of great information about keto and um, you know, you do a lot of inspirational speaking. And so I encourage everyone to follow Josh on Instagram and social media. Um, he has a lot of really great content out there to help you. Um, but Josh, I want to go back a minute to your uh, brain tumor, your first one. And did yep. the doctors say anything to you? As far as, well, you know, this, the, the tumor has caused a brain injury. Was there any talk of brain injury commingled with brain tumor?
1: Uh, There wasn't at first until later down the road, um, an athletic trainer that worked our events and I, and some friends were talking about like, Hey, like, you know, could, especially when we're trying to work out the insurance stuff, uh, could pass concussions, you know, TBI, things like that have led to it and no one knows for sure. Now, what I've learned, you know, almost 10 years later, uh, I I believe there could be some genetic issues, whether that was, you know, passed down from other family members, as well as epigenetically from lifestyle that I was living, which was terribly toxic at a young age. Um, And then the head injuries, as well as the stress, the mental state I was in, like all these factors, I believe is what caused it. And now that I'm living and going the complete other direction is back when I was 21 and diagnosed originally. That's why I believe we're seeing uh, a reversal as well as, I mean, the second diagnosis we used gamma knife to basically zap the two tumors that grew back and they shrunk for four years. And then along that way is when I founded the ketogenic diet 2013 and had been implementing all these changes since. And so the third diagnosis in 2017, I just went all in on it. So Gamma Knife was the first step as far as treatment. And then the third step was just mindset and lifestyle choice, which is where exogenous ketones and ketogenic diet came in. And because of that, we saw uh, the, the two new tumors not progressed at all after two years. Like there was enough from the yearly MRIs I was doing before, there was enough growth from one to the other MRI to show them. And then after two years of consecutive MRIs, they hadn't moved. So, To me, that is huge, and that means exactly uh, what I've been learning is working for me. And that's why I love sharing it, because if someone that doesn't have cancer like myself can stop something like that, and then, I mean, I've worked with, like, my friend Miles, who went from up to seven seizures a day after two brain surgeries, removing parts of his brain and 12 other medications, he now is going on four months, no seizures with a ketogenic diet, and didn't have to have another treatment uh, or med or surgery. And he's actually off like eight or nine of his medications now. It's been that's a year amazing. and a half in the making, but like that's, that's huge. And that's, that's why like, when people talk about, you know, their dreams, or aspirations or goals, like my, my biggest thing is mindset now. Like all these things, BMX, brain tumors, keto, whatever it is, like it all distills into the one macro, which is mindset. And that's why I love Dr. Joe Dispenza's work and Dr. Nicola Parra. You know, our thoughts become things in the physical form yeah. based yes. on these triggers and beliefs and emotions and chemical responses that lead us to taking action that manifests a reality. So, really sharing what I've been able to do as a high school dropout from God that became a professional mixed athlete and now is working with PhDs and MDs and helping change lives, not only my own but others. It's like what what potential are we not tapping into? Like I I wasn't doing, and so I'm trying to do as much as I can to show people what they can do when they believe it and then take action on it. Cause you never know unless you try. And that's one of the biggest things I've learned is I was holding myself back from so much success in my life, but sharing that with other people.
0: You know, and I am such a big believer in our bodies can heal themselves if we give them what they want. Right. Meaning yep. the right foods. And, you know, I mean, meds are important for certain things. Um, but I feel as a whole, the TBI world is overmedicated. They're on things they don't need to be on. They're on things that aren't actually helping them. They're masking things or they're making things worse. And I think the more you can do to clean up your diet. Um, And the other thing I'm a big believer in is just getting rid of anything toxic from your home, you know, getting rid of harmful cleaners and Glade plugins, right? Like they're just releasing chemicals (laughs) into the air. Um, So just getting rid of toxins out of your home um, as best you can, right? Like Think of the things you put on your body, lotions, shampoos, um, just being really conscientious and reading labels and knowing what you're putting into and on your body. I think that alone is just a huge factor in in a recovery. And, you know, I believe Uh, anyone... Anyone can heal at any Stage of their recovery you know I have met I I, you know I Just met a gal she's 14 years Out and she's never had proper treatment And she finally got the right Treatment and she's doing amazing You know so I mean you Can be at any point of your recovery And and make great improvement You know And I've met so many brain tumor Sorry I've met so many brain tumor Survivors who you know, you were a slightly different case because you were an athlete. So you understood concussions already. Right. And you'd probably had a few, <laughs> Um, but people who've never been in that realm and have had a brain tumor removed, like just the, the the tumor itself can cause a brain injury and then the act of removing it. Right. Your brain doesn't like
1: oh, yeah. <laughs> a scalpel going
0: in there. Right. Um, So I've met so many people whose doctors didn't mention anything about brain injury and they have their tumor removed and suddenly they're having memory problems and they can't focus and they make mistakes and, you know, it takes them years to figure out (laughs) that they have brain injury symptoms. Um, And I'm just curious if you notice any of that after your surgery or, you know, um, Maybe you wrote it off as a concussion, but, you know, what, did you experience any of that sort of stuff right after your surgery?
1: So, it was funny, Dr. Daniel Amen and I were talking about this uh, two weeks ago on his podcast, just about, like, yeah, you ever think about brain surgery as a TBI? And I was like, no, I never thought of it that way, but that makes total sense. He's Mm -hmm. like, yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. and. I was, I was interesting because like I said, I suffered for about a year, year and a half before I had the surgery, like got to the point in the last couple of weeks, I just accepted suffering as my normal day to day. Um, One day I could see, so I could ride one day. I couldn't, but it always hurt. And so when I woke up from surgery, even after the meds wore off from surgery, I felt amazing. I wasn't in pain. Um, But my sleep, uh, I think is one of the things that took the biggest hit and it's been Uh nine years in the making. and I'm just starting to see these things change. And it's been a lot of, like, biohacking, if you will, trying to sort out what works, what doesn't, what I can do to optimize it, tracking and looking at patterns. But I think memory, I I, I want to say, I don't, I, it's funny because, like, I feel like my dad's always told me, yeah, it just goes in one year, one, one in one year, out <laughs> the other. But I, I feel like even now that I'm so hyper aware of it and I, like, I write notes, I have schedules, I have to-do lists, like, I live off my calendar and my, my journal, which has my agenda and everything. Uh, a couple of things. So one, which are aiming in spec imaging, we saw, we oh, we didn't, we just got the proof of what we already knew, but severely ADHD, which is what allows me to do what I do 15 feet, 20 feet off the ground, upside down, spinning on my bicycle with two seconds to spare. So it makes sense <laughs> why I'm able to do certain things and utilize it but then also it it makes sense as to why I don't necessarily forget things, but my mind is always just running so high, high speed that like I just move from thought to thought. So if I don't write them down and like really embed it, then it goes out. But then also, yeah, the injuries that that could play a factor as well as I had a very traumatic, you know, upbringing with a stepfather who was abusive. And so when I left home at the age of 17, he was no longer in our life for the last three years to that point, two, three years. But I, I, especially what I've been learning is like, I subconsciously like try to delete a lot of those memories because I didn't like out of my consciousness. Cause I didn't want to have like the suffering of the thought. And so I think all these different things combined coming out of surgery, I don't believe the memory was any better or worse. The only thing that I think really suffered, which is getting better now is the sleep part. Um, it, it was really amazing that, for the first time in about a year, year and a half, I wasn't in pain. I was out of the hospital in two days and I was back on my bike in five weeks after the brain surgery. Um, But I talked to a lot of people that didn't have that outcome. Maybe they, you know, they have a loved one that didn't wake up from surgery, you know, or they were not able to have motor functions or um, muscle firing or speech or vision, like all these things. And that's why I try my best to live every day in the sense of gratitude because things could always be worse, you know, and I, I'm able to ride my bike. I'm able to work out. I'm able. It's not about I have to go do these things. Someone else. Something else I try to help people understand is, like, it's not half. Like, you get to do that. Like, you're very fortunate to get to go to that job that maybe you don't like, but it puts food on your table because you can always make your tomorrow better. Some people didn't wake up don't have that opportunity, and just last summer, my little brother had passed away after turning 26, and that really put that that belief in place for me to really understand, like, man, I am really fortunate to be alive, and I don't want to take that for granted, and I don't want my brother's life to go, you know, um, just, I don't want him, his life to stop there, so I travel everywhere with his ashes on my bracelet, and I put him in my presentations, I speak about him, but it's really to get the people to understand, like, the The simple mindset choice of you woke up today, your tomorrow could be better because of that, I think is really profound, and so that was a long rant as to your question, but after the surgery, I think the only thing that I would have anything to complain about is maybe my sleep, which is getting better, but other than that, like like there there was nothing like it was it was really phenomenal to have that piece taken out of me that was causing so much pain and suffering. I think that that just allowed me to feel maybe there was other things I didn't notice because it was just that one piece was gone, that there was so much pain and suffering on it that the rest didn't matter. And because that piece was gone, like life was great. Life is great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I get that. Like you were in so much pain and waking up, you were in less pain. So I, I totally get what you're saying with that. Um, I had a similar experience with a totally different foot surgery, but I totally get what you're saying. Um, You know, and I I do, I hear, like I said, I hear often from people who had brain surgery and, you know, doctors don't say anything about a brain injury. And so it's interesting that, you know, you had that conversation just a
1: few weeks ago. That annoys me now. (laughs) That actually really annoys (laughs) me. And I want to make a point to uh, create some content around that. um, Because that's really important important. for people to understand. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't know that. I've been, nine years ago is when, a little over nine years, actually nine and a half years ago. I had, uh, no, yeah, April of 2010. So, yeah, not, a little over nine years. Um, I had the, the first surgery, and it was up until two weeks ago. I actually <laughs> was, someone presented that thought to me. And I was like, yeah, that makes so much sense. Like, your brain's being cut into, moves, like, that's a brain injury. Um, so I want to create some content around that, because that's, I think, really important for people to know.
0: Yeah, yes. And, you know, I mean, there's so many things that people aren't told are brain injury, you know, I mean, um, I think stroke, and obviously TBI, you know, those are more obvious, but, you know, some of the other spectrums, like tumors and such, and AVM, people aren't necessarily told. And so they struggle with these symptoms. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, even people who know they have a TBI, the doctors sometimes (laughs) don't do anything for them either. You know, it's a never-ending story. Um, But, you know, that's why I do what I do and you do what you do, right? To just try and really help people understand all these crazy symptoms and all these crazy things that can stem from a brain injury and, you know, things that we can do to help, such as the ketogenic diet or, you know, CBD oil for sleep or, you know, functional neurology. You know, there's so many options out there. Um, and unfortunately they're just, they're not mainstream. Right. So we don't hear about them. So I appreciate all the, um, I've enjoyed following. I, I
1: appreciate that.
0: I enjoy following your Instagram and, um, you know, you, you have your saying of be the change you wish to see. And that's kind of been like my motto I've lived by for many years before my brain injury, you know, be the change you wish to see in the world by, you know, Buddha and, It's, you know, it's when you start to think about it, it's such a powerful quote, you know, change starts with you, right? And changing your own mindset. You can't change anybody else's mindset, but you can change your own, right? And hopefully by sharing what you know, if it helps just one person, it's it's so worth everything. So, Josh, we are just we're just about out of time. And so I want to ask if you have any, you know, final thoughts, any words of wisdom for anyone listening.
1: Yeah. So I took some notes from something we we were talking about earlier, and this is perfect is I want to mention too about the firing your doctor thing. Um, You know, (laughs) and you mentioned, you know, obviously drugs have allowed us, and I should say pharmaceuticals, you know, medicine has allowed us to be where we are today in society. Like they, they do serve a purpose but they don't yes. serve a purpose for everything. So I want to make that clear as well as yeah. you know, food is medicine or, or it can be a yes. toxin, but that doesn't yes. need to mean like just food, you know, food, anything we consume, it could be, you know, nutrition, it could be, you know, alcohol, it could be thoughts, it could be the content we consume. It could be our relationships, our creativity, our education, our spirituality, like anything we literally consume physical or mentally is food. Cause at the end of the day, that's what makes our chemical um biology our reactions all these things that makes up who we are as a person so that that's one thing i want i want to share is you know food doesn't have to be just what we put on our fork it can be anything that comes into our mind or our body yeah
0: very profound i like that
1: Well, Josh, thank you so much for
0: being here today. I really appreciate it. I appreciate um, you working around my schedule. I had a horrible headache last week, and so I really appreciate you rescheduling. And, um, you know, anyone that's listening that can relate to headaches, I, man, I had like a 48-hour one, and it was pretty rough. I don't get them very often anymore, but I'm sure you can relate to those headaches. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. For me, it's when the storms come in, and we're getting storms, so... Well, Josh, thank oh, okay. you so
1: much.
0: Yeah, yeah. For me, it's that barometric pressure really can get me.
1: Yeah. Dang. Well, I appreciate you, and I appreciate you having me on, allowing me to share, you know, my thoughts, my journey, and my beliefs and my passions. And um, you know, if we can help help change one person's perspective, then that's that's what I'm going for. So I appreciate you having me on.
0: And again, your social media is Josh Perry BMX, and uh, what is your website, Josh?
1: Josh Perry BMX.com. there you go easy
0: <laughs> well thank you again yep. Josh for being here
1: awesome well, I appreciate you and you uh you have a good rest of your day
0: you too and thank you everyone for listening I really hope you enjoyed today's episode with Josh and just a reminder you can find all of our previous podcasts at facesoftbi.com and don't forget to join Amy's TBI Tribe on Facebook. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Amy Zelmer. And another big thank you to our sponsor, the Functional Neurology Center. They are the concussion doctors you can trust in the Midwest. Find them online at thefunctionalneurologycenter.com. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for being a part of my journey. Have a great day, everyone. And I will see you again next time.